The IDP Pros Podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network are brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contests. $14 million are up for grabs. Get all the details at CircaSports.com. That's C-I-R-C-A Sports.com. The IDP Pro Manager Pod is a proud member of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, home of the hottest, smartest, and fastest-growing sports gambling and fantasy football providers and professional sports entertainment to date. And now, without any further delay, here are your veteran senior IDP pros, Craig and Gary. Slacking, I mean sacking, today's hottest NFL IDP. Damn it, sorry about that. Hello again, everybody. It is Friday, July 14th, 2023. And you are with the IDP Pros Managers Podcast. This is episode 20. We reached the big 2-0. And we're going to be discussing the AFC South stock reports, veteran players trending up, trending down, how things are looking there as we get closer and closer to training camps. But with me, as always, every week, Gary, the IDP tipster. Gary, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. I'm in my little bat cave. Got a little extra dark today. But hey, I got the intro right. I think I did last week too. There's two in a row, bro. Hey, it's a trend. We got it going in yep, the right yep. direction. So there's always a little bit of news to cover here. Some of this is IDP relevant more so than others, but we'll get into that quick before we get into the divisional uh, reviews here. So the Jets, much to their chagrin, are going to be featured on Hard Knocks. They're not very happy about that, but they were the teams that were on the short list and they got chosen. So that will be interesting to watch, not only for the craziness of Aaron Rodgers on the offensive side, but as we've talked about in a few different shows, they got a nice set of personalities and different people on that defensive front. You know, the Williams brothers, CJ Mosley, things like that, how they're dealing with replacing Chuck Clark. So that will be interesting to pay attention to. The Washington Post reports that legal issues between the NFL and representatives for the Washington Commander's owner, Daniel Snyder, threatened to complicate the approval and closing of his $6.05 billion sale of the franchise to a group led by Josh Harris. First-round pick of the Philadelphia Eagles, defensive tackle Jalen Carter is being sued civilly by former Georgia football staffer that survived the crash of the accident that he was involved in earlier this year. Again, that's a civil suit because the criminal charges have already been dealt with. And then finally, uh, we talked about this a bit ago, and one of the Williams brothers had just mentioned defensive tackle Quinnen Williams and the New York Jets have agreed on a four-year, $96 million contract, which is a huge contract for a defensive tackle. I believe it might be the largest from what I had read, don't quote me on that. Ton of money for a big guy in the middle there that had a really good season last year. So he'll be sticking around with his brother Quincy and that New York Jets team. They just happened to pay his brother first, gave him the token. Quincy was actually like one of the higher paid so-called free agents this year at linebacker. For three years or so, the overall contract was really up there. Can't remember. But either way, so that's impressive. It was just a matter of time. When Quincy signed his three years, $18 million, so really similar, just in initial money to what Alex Anzalone got. Um, we assume that was a cursor to things with Quinnen, the bigger star of the two resigning right. there. We are going to dive into the uh, Indianapolis Colts, their first team, alphabetically by team name, 
for the AFC South. And looking at standard leagues here, Gary, who do you got as your guy trending up? Same popular guy that's kind of going around, especially when you are looking at in standard leagues, somebody that would be up. And that would be Quiddy Pay is possibly a DL or a DE play, a dresser play. But same call was kind of last year. So he did show well. I believe he got hurt early, if I remember correctly. Uh, he did, did come back. Didn't play, I don't think, a huge amount of snaps. Don't quote me on that part. But he's definitely on everybody else's radar as a, a standard stock up. Do you see another like stock up that I'm overlooking? No, definitely I agree with Quiddy Pay as a main guy. He was a guy that last year, if he was healthy and playing, he was playing fantastic for you. It was just a matter of health. Like you mentioned, he played in 12 games. One of those he had gotten hurt and uh, you know didn't play much at all. It didn't register anything except a quarterback hit. And there was another one where he got hurt. Um, he barely played in that one, too. He played 18 snaps in that one. There were five games he was inactive for. But, you know, you look at his numbers here in 12 games, he had six sacks, he had 10 tackles for a loss and 45 combined tackles. He was a big name guy, first round pick out of Michigan in 2021. Guys just suffered injuries and that's been the problem. So if he's healthy and on the field, he's certainly going, I think, going to be great for you because they do have a very nice defensive line there. You know, they have. DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart in the middle. They have Deo Dengbo, one of the guys, and they sort of have a rotation at the defensive end. So I, especially if the offense is improved, I think that could be a really nice unit there, but they got to be healthy to stay on the field for you. And I'm going to throw Grover Stewart in as a uh, deeper guy at defensive tackle, but it'd be a more of a dip, uh, maybe a deeper defensive line play, to be honest. Uh, he, Came over from the Titans to the Colts last year. He slid in there next to the Forest Bunker. And why Quiddy Pay was kind of, you know, uh, struggling and it was rotating a lot on the outside. I believe even uh, Twyquan Lewis got hurt again. Grover Stewart really had a great season and it showed up and across the board in a, in a solid DL. You know, it wasn't like top 10, top 20 or anything. But I think in a deeper format, as stability-wise, he's definitely a good uh, DL2 option. The IDP Pros Podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network are brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is the sponsor of Circa Millions and Circa Survivor, which are both back. Over $14 million in guaranteed prizes are up for grabs. With the Circa Millions, you have five NFL picks against the spread every week. And with the Circa Survivor, you just pick a different money line winner each week of the season. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. The Sports Gambling Podcast will be out there in the last weekend of August. Come join us. Get all the details at CircaSports.com. That's C-I-R-C-A Sports.com. What would you do with that money if you won? I, for one, would retire. And my survivor pick to start the season is going to have to be the Kansas City Chiefs, defending Super Bowl champions, taking care of business against the Detroit Lions to start the season Thursday night in week one. All right, and we're going back to the Colts here to sort of look at the guys we're Maybe a little bit lower on, and this one surprised me, Gary, when you put him on there, um, just because he's relative to where he had been previously. He's already pretty low for a lot of people. Shaq Leonard, you know, linebacker for the Colts, seen some steam picking up with his name again, you know, as we're getting closer to redraft season and stuff here, but you're still farther down on him, it appears, than you had been. 
was more of looking things over, being in quite a few uh, recent drafts over the last actually three to four months, I guess, actually pretty steady and like four or five at the moment with breast cancer classics going on. And, and I mean, he's simply falling on his name and everything that he went through, I believe, for what, the last year and a half, two years with injuries and some of the crazy injuries. I mean, I think we went from a heel to a knee to a nose to a head injuries. I can't remember. It's been kind of a vast variety or re-injuring the same thing with other little things coming up along the way. I, I can't remember what it was, but it's been really odd. Yeah. So he's just slipping. Um, and I'm putting him in there because I have to agree. He's definitely slipping down the board until he proves otherwise. He's going to have to come back into form. He now has Franklin in there. Uh, they, they, they love Franklin. Is he, what position are they going to put Leonard in? Because to tell you the truth, if I was them, he wouldn't be the run stopper or probably the main guy. He'd be more of the weak side linebacker, not sticking him all the way up in there and trying to fill some holes and, you know, stopping the run immediately or being the first guy in because apparently has an injury problem now, you know, just saying. So I, I, I've just got to knock him down and it's showing in his ADP. So I, I can't say that. A lot of people might not argue with me. What about you, Craig? I think it all depends on really where you're getting them. You know, there's no way he should be, to me, dynasty or redraft, be drafted as a linebacker one. You know, he's one of those guys that you more take a chance on toward the back end of the linebacker twos because if you assume he's going to have some health this year with Franklin there, can still nice defensive line, he should be productive for you. It's just how much risk are you going to put into that because – big injury that he's had is the back injury and those things aren't anything to mess with. And that's why I was sort of avoiding him last year. And they say, you know, he's healed up. He should be good to go. If I'm really needy for a linebacker and redraft, cause I've avoided it and I want to take him as my linebacker too. I'm fine with that, but I'd prefer to take him as my linebacker three. Hope he falls that far as a guy that has that upside to be your LB one, but you're not really counting on him for it. It's something about the secondary. I think that Kenny Moore is probably a lock to get some production here. But in your opinion, between the safeties with Julian Blackman, Nick Cross, Rodney Thomas, the second or third, I believe it was, I believe he also got some play last year and did fairly well in the mixture, or at least as good as the rest of them had. Uh, I think Nick Cross was the big disappointment disappointment uh rookie last year that they everybody was hoping when he had his chance that he was going to come true i'm not sure how that uh, evolved particularly because i wasn't real interested in it so how how do you see this secondary from an idp standpoint if you're trying to target anybody as a defensive back i'll just be as general as possible on that who would you favor I mean, if you're looking for someone that you can plug in there and count on to get you a few tackles every week with much higher upside, it would have to be Kenny Moore just because he's done it before. But he's mainly a slot guy, um, which can be good for tackles, you know, with those shorter routes and they're not running deep downfield as much and all that. They have a whole bunch of rookies and then, you know, second-year cornerbacks that are looking like they're going to probably start at this point, and there's nothing wrong with using those guys as streamers. That's something that you're into because 
if you think that the offense is going to improve, teams are going to be throwing against them more. Those guys are going to get targeted. Rookies get targeted anyway. So not a bad dart throw there, but no one I'm looking at drafting right now for the cornerbacks. If I had to take one, you know, the most veteran safety that they have at this point is Julian Blackman. He's going into his fourth year. His big problem is he hasn't been able to stay healthy. You know, 15 games, six games, 14 games. Not everyone misses a few games here. But talk about safety size. He's a little bit smaller than you'd project for a – looks like he's going to be switching to more of a strong safety role this year with the way things are going right now. You sent an article out about that. And, you know, he's six foot, 185 pounds-ish. Hope he stays healthy. I don't wish injuries on anyone. And if he does stay healthy, he's playing that role. He certainly sounds like he has that attitude uh, to go out there and be hitting people and getting the team excited and be a leader back there, which would be great. Uh, so it, probably him, but it all depends to where in drafts that he's going to go. And if the other two are fighting for that free safety spot, I don't really have as much interest in them right now. Nah, I'm just avoiding most of it, I believe. Unlike Travon Walker with the Jacksonville Jaguars, man. Uh, I, I love it, and he's uh, blended best balls, and I believe even perhaps some all-IDP best balls and redraft type, well, drafts. <laughs> Travon Walker is a linebacker slash DL. As long as he's got some kind of DL you know, attached to him, I'm all in. He only had like three and a half, four sacks, if I remember last year, but I loved his combined tackle amount. I think that showing that he can get in there and make a, make a tackle is just as important as getting after the quarterback his first year in the league. And he applied plenty of pressures for, you know, can supposedly being a raw prospect. I, I love it that I'm getting him later in drafts. I, I, love his upside in standard leagues within a range. I mean, only thing he really has to do is maybe double those sacks or even approach double digits. And you put it with what? 45 tackles. Don't quote me. I think he might've been close to 40 last year. It was almost 50 combined. Yeah. So double double the snaps gets a double digits, you know, and his second year for a raw prospect, huh? Supposedly learning off of Josh Allen, which is completely last year. I've said it before between him and Burns, it was both, I believe, drafted within the same year or two, and one of them had to stand up beyond the other, and it was not Josh Allen. So I, I in standard leagues, uh, I got to mention that he is definitely down. You know, he might still be a deeper option, but standard leagues, you might as well forget about them. Uh, how, how do you feel about their pair of edge rushers down there in Jacksonville? I'm a little bit more excited about Josh Allen than you are probably. People are just down on him because he had that great first year and then he had a really bad second year. But the past two years have kind of evened out, and I think you know what you're getting with him as a baseline at this point. You know, the past two years he had seven and a half and seven sacks. 71 and then 57 combined tackles, 12 and 11 tackles for a loss. He has a young, he said, promising edge rusher across from him. I think you can probably ballpark that, average it out to kind of expect what you're going to get if he's healthy this year. And if you have that as your DL2, I think you'd be all right most weeks. Again, would you love to have it as your DL3 bench guy? Yeah, you know, probably. Or as your edge rusher three, certainly. But if you're 
at that back end of defensive lineman two going into three and you grab him again, you know what you're getting with him, I feel. And then he has room for upside based on what we've seen before. The big concern with him after his first two years were those tackle numbers, which have gone up um, and sacks, we know year after year, if you get about the same, you know, that's probably what you're going to do sort of like Cameron Jordan. So is he ever going to be a top five, top 10 guy regularly in the league? No, and I think that's what people are expecting after that first year, which is why I think a lot of people are down on him. But I also don't mind what I feel is consistency that you can expect out of him. So, And three out of his four seasons are better than anything that Walker's done this far. I know Walker's only been in the league for one year, but I would, if I'm putting my money on one of them to have a year that I'd be happy with, it would probably be Josh Allen over Trayvon Walker. The IDP Pros Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite Major League Baseball and College Baseball player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog and active in so many states. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right. Well, that's our sort of standard league players there. Deeper leagues. Um, you got one of my favorite guys listed here from back when he was a prospect, Gary Andre Cisco. You got listed here. What do you like about him? Coming into a second year, I believe it is third year. Uh, third year, he's he's more set up to be acclimated with the system, getting more full time play, starting out the year as a full time player, and in a deeper format. I mean, I believe he was approaching TB one numbers quite a few times. His time on the field is increases the starting box safety, and I know he's got some competition amongst that great looking linebacker core, but as a secondary and a deep format, you know, I'm peppering them. Uh, I'm using them in that DB two to DB three range, but then in deeper formats, if, if it's hard to get them. The thing I liked about him is that in college, he showed it. And then once he started getting more playing time last year in the NFL, he's a ball hawk, you know, in college because of the COVID stuff and everything going on there, he only played, and I think it was 24 games in college, but he had 13 interceptions and 14 pass deflections over the course of those games. And last year, you started to see that too, where he had three interceptions and pen, excuse me, 10 pass deflections to go along with those tackles that you talked about, 73 combined in 15 games. And, you know, they had to figure out how to use them. Takes a while for these safeties to get acclimated. But as you've talked about a lot, Safeties are a dime a dozen when to get past the first few. And Cisco's a guy that I really like coming into the league. I said, I still do. So I'm perfectly fine taking on him as a shot, you know, as my DB2 with potential DB1 upside if things go the right way this year. That offense takes another step forward and people are thrown more on the Jaguars because we already saw some of that towards the end of last year when they got it going with mm-hmm. the real NFL head coach. I like Jenkins too, but I would probably lean more his way in a redraft or possibly a best ball first. Uh, and then Cisco's definitely dynasty, in my opinion. Would you have a preference? I mean, I prefer Andre Cisco because he's 
younger and both you know, certainly for dynasty yeah i mean i'd probably take him over both i haven't got an argument and i'll mention realistically we haven't had any type of real good and solid interior defensive lineman uh defensive tackle idp production so i guess i'm just throwing a footnote in there that there's still deep down in deep formats uh, shallow formats if you're not looking at their edge rushers which is Travon Walker or Josh Allen shouldn't really have any interest unless you have somebody that's going to surprise me out of this interior defensive line Craig no I mean for a few years Foley Fatukasi um, had a nice couple years as a deep league guy but you know it seems like he's even mired in more of a rotation with these guys there in Jacksonville which is great for the NFL just not great for fantasy mm-hmm. so I'm not overly excited about any of them and Chad Muma and Devin Lloyd. So we had a shakeup during the season last year where basically Lloyd either got rested or benched or however you want to look at it for Muma. And Muma was going to get a shot uh, to get some experience. So uh, I think a lot of people are looking at this, that they're coming into the situation on a level playing field. Um if you're putting any type of stock into either one of these, maybe what you might be seeing them drafted, which I'm pretty sure that Lloyd is well, well above Muma in the, in the drafts that perhaps even me and you are in with the BC Classic. Do you have any trouble taking Lloyd? No, I mean, Lloyd was the first-round pick. They invested more in him. He's going to get the shot, and, you know, if you think short term and long term, he's probably going to be there for a while, you know, at least the next three years, you would think. And Moom is more of a deep target or probably preferably dynasty target because I don't know with the way that team is going, you know, they're going to end up having to pay some of these guys like Trevor Lawrence some more money coming up here a lot sooner than people would hope. Chad Moom is probably going to be keep cheaper than keeping, oh, and I forget his name now. Yeah, that they have oh. signed for oh, a yeah. year. Yeah, he's signed for a year or two more. And again, mm-hmm. maybe they do re-sign him, but with the money that they paid him, I think they can probably better spend that elsewhere if these other two start taking a step forward. So I'd, I'd more think that Muma's going to be a guy to target if these guys get hurt or as a long-term guy, but I can't see them just giving up on Devin Lloyd after one year when you see a lot of times these rookies – they hit a wall. They get tired at the end of the year, and I think that's part of what happened last year with Devin Lloyd. Hey, he took on a lot. That's a lot to ask a guy to step in, and you know, and he performed. I mean, he was a darling at the beginning of the season. Everybody was ecstatic with Lloyd, you know, in his production, and then because yeah. nobody was getting anything out of what Nakobe Dean. What the hell happened to him? Right? So yeah. I was all excited, and Lloyd like. Hit the wall. No! But it was nice to see out of Chad Muma what people were hoping because, uh, you know, how raw they said he was coming out of college. Um, he showed that he can play, which was nice to see and a great situation for the Jaguars to have. Hey, all you crazy IDP fans. We are hosting the IDP Pros Breast Cancer Awareness Giveaway, where you can win a Roquan Smith Baltimore Ravens jersey. All you have to do to enter is donate $3 or more to any nationally recognized cancer organization and post the pic of your donation with the hashtag IDPROS. That's hashtag IDPPros. The drawing will be held on August 24th. Find more information on this podcast Twitter page or 
on any of your favorite IDP Pro's accounts. Enter today and help us bring cancer to its knees. We got the Houston Texans coming up here, and it's a much maligned Houston Texans. And uh, I threw one on here, Gary, because I know you had trouble finding a standard league guy that you had interest in. And I'm not saying Appreciate this guy's going to be the answer, but I wanted to get your thoughts mm-hmm. on him. So Jonathan Greenard, you know, he was a darling two years ago when he started 12 games. He had eight sacks, nine tackles for a loss, 33 combined tackles. So more of a big play type of guy. My thinking with this is, all right, people have soured on him because of last year. He's going way late if he's going at all in these drafts. He's probably the second best edge rusher they have right now, besides Will Anderson, who he knows is going to be on the field. Their head coach is D'Amico Ryans, comes from the 49ers, knows what it's like and how important it is to have a good defensive line. If you're getting him at the very end of drafts or if you're getting him free off of waiver wires, do you think he's a guy that could refine some of that magic that he had a couple of years ago with where his value is at right now? I was in the same boat with everybody else or when everybody was, you know, thinking that last year that he might come in and, you know, break out or break up, however you want to look at it, because he had had some momentum. So it was pretty disappointing. I had some shares of him, and I had to drop him early, especially after all of a sudden Jerry Hughes decides to show up, which I'll mention was with perfect matchups, as I'm known to stream a deep defensive lineman, and he, I just tracked him. I was scared to death. Don't think that I went out there and jumped on him, but I was definitely advising in deeper formats when he had some matchups coming up or something. And overall, he kept it up. So wherever the hell that came from, I have no idea. I am not buying that this year if you happen to be. Jonathan Greener still has a lot of room to grow. And being under the tutelage he'll have, I think it's a great combination to put him and Will Anderson Jr. within the same system uh, as the big men on the inside or on the outside, like in a rotation. I think these guys could pretty well cover one side of the line if they really wanted to for the defense. I don't see either one of them as being um, Joey Boza. Yeah. I would almost think that they would make a better Cameron Hayward uh, comparison, you know, just not as at that talent level, I suppose, where they would work better in a 3-4 interior, interior defensive edge rusher. So, but either way, I love this combination. So, I, if nothing else, I have to agree and 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 even have some standard – Appeal to where you want to pay attention to what happens early on and see what he's doing, but definitely in a deeper format. I'm ready to throw a dart at him again. But there are a lot of great, great options out there too, like Carl, like Granderson and such. So you know, pick and choose. Like Granderson, he's definitely going to be a starter uh, by all reports. We're not 100% sure what kind of snap count Greener's going to have. So just just love the guy. Just kind of use some caution there, I suppose, I'm trying to get across. And you don't have to put all your eggs in one basket. You know, Don't go get greener in all your leagues and ignore these other guys in the hope that you're going to strike the one good one. Mm-hmm. But your arrow down is going to 
we've talked about it, hinted at it in other shows, but uh, going to peeve some people off here. Jalen Petrie, you got the arrow pointing down for him. Put him up, put him up. I know everybody wants to probably take a swing at me because we've had a lot of guests on the Players Pod, and a lot of people know Petrie's, you know, he's just below average of guy type when it comes to grading. And, and quite frankly, I mean, the whole situation, who can – who cares? You know, the guy produced last year, he came in as, uh, I believe, a rookie, right? And yep. he, he got the job done. Uh, but they've made a few adjustments, and we've already you've already hit on that with the new coaching staff. And I just don't think that I can not go into this season without thinking that he's going to regress some in production. If things go right – Shouldn't is uh, productive IDP wise and statistically wise. There should be some going to Christian Harris or Desmond Perriman. That's why these guys were kind of brought together. It, I I'm not falling in love with the idea that uh, uh, Petrie can maintain the level of play that he had his his rookie season. I I don't know if he could do it for the next couple of years. It really depends, unless he really improves on the field. He did all right for a rookie in a bad situation, but to your point, yeah. there's going to have to be improvement for him. When you're looking at those grades, yeah, he was for PFF for people that you know put stock in those or how much stock you want to put in those. He was a 54-7 overall. Jaquan Brisker, mm-hmm. the other rookie that had a great year, was the 67. And really the big difference was in run defense. Brisker mm-hmm. was 64-2. Peachy was a 38-5. I do think a lot of that has to do with, I don't remember if he was one or two, because I think both Houston safeties were one and two last year was the missed tackles that killed them because they were one right. or two with defensive Jonathan all tackles. Yeah. Right. And, you know, passer rating, he had a 111-1 passer rating allowed. You, you're going to have to improve on that to stay as a safety in the NFL. He was great for Definitely. fantasy football. There's no doubt. It was a nice surprise just in you know being able to clean some of that up on the back end for Houston. Mm-hmm. He's going to need to do a lot more of that to stick around long term. So I agree. I'm hopeful that he continues to improve and show out. But just based on what he did last year, I have a hard time seeing that repeated. Speaking of Jonathan Owens and Petrie together as the starters, the only difference between the two realistically on production and, like you said, missed tackles and scenario is Jonathan Owens is now with the Packers. He was a guy that had been in the league for like four years and not shown anything and then just, you know, has that breakout last year with Petrie. It was a big darling. I had that call on the players pod the week before, man. Seeing he was starting, got it in articles, put it out in the app. Leading me into his replacement, Jimmy Ward, which has been a pretty well a hit and miss guy his entire career in San Fran with injuries and IDP production when he does play. I've always alluded to the fact that it might be uh, the system in San Fran for his career, besides his injuries, that gave him sporadic type production. But now in here with Tennessee and looking at what Owens got and that kind of vacuum that could possibly be there. Now, I did mention that I do expect the linebackers to kind of sure that up maybe this year, even hell. Let's see some of uh, Tutu, Toto, Tutu. Is it, how's that pronounced, uh, the rookie? Henry Toto. To-o. Thank you. Anyway. As, as far so, as I've seen the pronunciations anyway. So so maybe, maybe we see some production. What are you thinking about Jimmy Ward considering the 
considering the vacuum on paper, it's safety they, they're they showing. I mean, I think he's a good bet to have some potentially better value than what he's shown in San Francisco. It's just a matter of, is he going to be healthy? You know, the guy is a first-round talent. He's been in the league for 10 years. He's coming over from the system with D'Amico Ryans, who's the head coach. You know, there, there's a lot of reasons to like him being there. We talk about injuries in the second half of his career here, sort of has been better than the first, but still, these are the games that he's played in. 8, 16, 11, 7, 9, 13, 14, 16, 12. So you have to assume, and now you're not drafting him high anywhere, but even if you're starting to get really good production at the start of the year, you better have someone on your bench that you're fine filling him in with because he just doesn't play the whole season more than what you'd expect from your average safety. So that's my concern. But Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan. and it's, it's like I'm just kind of avoiding – I like some Jonathan Greenard, and of course, I'd like some rookie in, in, in dynasty leagues. If I uh, the the dynasty Will Anderson in dynasty leagues, if I'm not looking at him as a starter this year, but for the most part, I'm avoiding the secondary. And when it comes to these linebackers, I'm avoiding all of them. And so far, I haven't even had to really dive deep to go with uh, Perriman or Christian Kirksey, which would it be who I would prefer if I went through this. Uh, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to, if I'm picking one, it's going to be Denzel Perriman because the new coaching staff came in and they're the ones who went and got him. If he's healthy, he doesn't do a whole lot else besides get your tackles, but he'll get you tackles. He's sort of like a lesser version of Josie Jewell or Alex Singleton, where, right. you know, not to that level, but he's going to get you tackles and he's a veteran. You know, you see this with coaching staffs. They bring in guys that are veterans that can get the job done maybe towards the end of the year. You know, they're going to want to see what they have in Christian Harris. Certainly. I know this coaching staff didn't draft him, but he's a young guy out of Alabama that was drafted in the late second or third round. So there's, you know, hope for him. If he gets a starting job, I'm certainly going to have interest in Christian Harris. But out of the veterans, it's Denzel Perriman, Christian Kirksey. And I, despite the talk about him, I have no interest in Corey Littleton. He hasn't been anything really since no. he left the Rams. What good is fantasy football content if it doesn't cover both sides of the ball? The SGPN IDP pros have you covered on defense. But we have more to offer than just IDP. Check out the 3D Dynasty podcast with Dave and Brad. That's right. The dude, the dork, and the dynasty. And follow that up with Heroes and Villains featuring Justin Bruni and Andrew Robb. All of the SGPN Fantasy Football podcasts pride themselves on their actionable content. They bring the research and analysis you need to win your league. So help support SGPN and download the SGPN app and catch all of our premium fantasy football content. That's going to bring us to our last team, the Titans of Tennessee, and a guy that you've heard us talk about a lot, so we probably don't need to go into it in as much detail, but Aziz Alshair coming over from the 49ers to the Tennessee Titans to be one of their main linebackers there in the middle. How you feeling about him this year, Gary? Probably like every veteran manager or novice manager, or even beginner, that's probably jumped into IDP over the last, what, three, four months when he signed with the Titans, and it kind of broke out there. Excited. 
excited. I, I, the guy's got top probably – I'm going to take a stab at top 26 potential inside linebacker production. I mean, he's definitely within the top 32. Uh, he's got Monty Rice sitting there next to him, which is another deeper type breakout call that you could make. We have a lot less sample of him where Al Shashir, he was with the 49ers and he got a chance to get to play between Greenlaw and Fred Warner. He was just outstanding. He, he held his own, especially the not last year, which this is why he's considered a sleeper this year. Last year, he didn't, Greenlaw and Warner pretty well stayed healthy, so he didn't get shit for playing time. So we have you know, a lot of people have forgotten who he was, but the year prior, and I believe in the year prior to that, he did get quite a bit of playing time, and he really showed out. So he, he's got experience. He's still very young. He's only been in the league four years, three, four years, whatever that may be. And he's just going to step right in there with experience of running a defense, actually, and be able to take this defense over with uh, probably, I guess, Monty Rice, assumingly. If things work out, which he was the second-year pick a couple of years ago, he just hasn't been able to stay healthy until last year. I believe he got some playing time in. Um, so I, I that's how I'd have to feel about Al Shishir. Sh I, wrote, I wrote about him being a free agent. I believe it was probably like November of last year for SGPN. So I, I tried to put him in the footnotes and who might have been out. I can't remember. It was right after the first year for the free agency. So I, I've loved this guy for a couple of years. He's always performed. So I'm, I'm, I never expected this kind of shot, though. I mean, I expected him to get, be able to sign and compete. So to end up like almost like Bobby O or Karake and land, landed with the Giants, where it's assumed he's going to be the guy running the defense off the top, no competition, you know, cut and dry. I, I think that's kind of the assumption here with the Titans. Is that how you're getting it? Yeah, I mean, they just don't have a whole lot else on the inside. And, uh, you know, that's from our perspective right now. We don't know these guys intimately and all that stuff. One of these guys could certainly surprise us that happens. But you look at the other guys, you know, Chance Campbell's a sixth-round pick last year. Luke Gifford is an un, um, or is a free agent from Dallas that really didn't do anything there, more of a special teams guy. Ben Neiman from Arizona is a free agent. You know, Jack Gibbons is a free agent after 2022 that they picked up. And there isn't a whole lot they've invested in these guys outside of the money and Shazir and then the third round pick and Monty Rice. So you look to the money and you look to the draft capital when there isn't anything else to tell you. And those guys are probably going to get the shot. So, yeah, I mean, Shazir's shown the most out of this group and he's going to a good situation where he's going to be one of the main inside linebackers. And it wouldn't shock me with the way things have gone the past few years there to see him, if he's healthy, to be the guy that ends up, you know, near that top 12. He's going to eat. I don't even think, of, you know, they could sign somebody like Deion Jones or something to add it. I don't give a shit. Only person that's knocking out is Monty Rice. I love this signing. This was, this was hot in the end. <laughs> A guy that's been there a little bit longer that you're not as hot on, you know, coming off injury, but uh, Harold Landry the third there, a guy that uh, I think he re-signed there. I still love him long term. I'm, I guess I just wanted to put a note in there. He's coming off this serious injury, and he's an edge rusher trying to bend it off the edge. It don't bend too well. 
when they're coming off, I believe was either an ACL or knee. I don't know. So it wasn't good for an edge rusher. Just make sure that you're tampering your expectations with them, you know, when it comes to a standard league type deal and you're thinking you might get something out of this year. We also need to see him recover and see how well he recovers, which, you know, this day and age, he's probably going to. He's fairly young, I believe. Uh, The good news for him is that he got hurt right at the start of September last year. So, I mean, he's basically going to have had a full year of recovery as opposed to one of these guys like Rashawn Gary who got hurt in whatever was like November or something to say, oh, he's going to be ready. A few months can make a big difference when you've been, you know, having that full time to rehab and get ready. So, you know, I agree with you. You always got to be concerned about these people that get on the field. It's great to see them be able to get on the field a year after being injured, but you're probably not going to see what you're used to them being until another year after that. I mean, history just tells us that's the general standard. He could be the outlier, but it's hard to bank on someone being an outlier. Well, shoot. Wrapping that up with going with an Amani hooker, right? Yep. Amani was a guy that you were, I think you were high on going into last year. Was it last year or the previous year? It could have been two years ago. Time flies. I'm not shooting myself in the foot again. He's definitely down. The guy's been in the league. He's had his shot. Third, I think, yeah, last year might have even been his third season. Other than, um, yard i there's nobody back there that i'm too interested in unless you want to sneak something in about a cornerback or something i didn't see uh before we go and discuss what to do with the interior defensive lineman byard's the guy there and one of your best ball leagues here i just took him it was around defensive back i think like 20 um he's still way down in the rankings on sleeper if you go look you got to search for him but uh, mm-hmm. he's productive year in and year out. And I don't know if it's just not a sexy name or the fact that he's in Tennessee or what it is. Um, but he's he should be drafted a lot higher than he is. And he's one of those guys that I'll reach for a little bit ADP-wise to make sure I get him on my team in one of these best balls. And I'll tell you what, when I was doing the, uh, I think it was interceptions. Yeah, doing the interceptions. Kevin Beard had a good odds and spread on him. You might want to look at that because the guy's averaged over his career the like last three or four years or something. He's averaged like three, three and a half. And I believe that was like what the odds were or something. But anyways, go ch- double check that progressive moment. It, that was, I think, month and a half, two months ago. So those odds, but definitely check that out because his average was uh, fairly decent for those interceptions. And then pivoting to the fact of Jeffrey Simmons, Tart, and Altry all on the inside of here. I've loved Simmons as far as a value since the NFL draft. He fell because he was injured and because there was some off-the-field stuff that um, ended up getting cleared up. Uh, But he could have been a top-five, top-ten pick that year, and I think he fell into either the late teens or early 20s. And, you know, he's shown in the past few years without a whole lot of help. Um, you know, Autry's been all right there as far as a pass rusher next to him. You kind of know what you're getting out of him. You're not getting a whole lot of tackles and you're getting some decent pass rush stats. So, you know, Autry will probably give that to you again if he's healthy. Last year in 12 games, eight tackles for a loss, eight sacks. You know, not too bad, but it's the 27 tackles that hurts you. So um, if you're big play league, certainly late round defensive tackle or defensive lineman, 
Um, he's a guy to look at, but I still love Jeffrey Simmons and think he's going to have a breakout year. He'll probably never end up being a Quinn and Williams type of player, you know, with how well he did last year, but he could get close to that. I don't think he's quite done. He's too young to be done. I hope. No, I mean, he can hit double digit sacks, certainly. I mean, it's like eight and a half, seven and a half the past two years, something like that. And he missed a few games last year. So he, he can hit that. And like I said, he gets to those tackles too. If I had to go across my leagues, he's probably one of my top rostered defensive lineman just because you know he hasn't had that one huge year he doesn't have that necessarily name recognition but talent wise he's right up there and i think he'll get there too well i'll tell you what i'll let you carry us out after i thank everybody for joining us and make sure you check us all out on twitter and such and hey we're actually live streaming on sgp and fantasy football facebook we've been doing it for a couple of weeks now so uh, everybody check that out yep thanks for tuning in everywhere youtube facebook checking us out uh getting the links on twitter you can find our twitter handles on here uh, gary's isn't up but of course you know what his is at the idp tipster and we'll be back next week we got one more division gary only one more the nfc south you got those buccaneers falcons saints and panthers will be going over and of course that is 10 a.m eastern on friday the 21st and in four weeks from now, we'll be at the Expo in Ohio. So if you're going to that, you can find us there. But thanks, everyone, for tuning in again. We will be back next week, and have a great weekend.